0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 8 of on call with angel md the podcast at the intersection of finance healthcare and entrepreneurship once again this is the obligatory reminder to rate review and subscribe to the podcast on itunes you can find us by searching on call with AngelMD md and the itunes store this will ensure you get the episodes straight to your library as soon as they're available About nine months ago, I wrote a post for the AngelMD blog about the artificial intelligence revolution in healthcare, and since then, AI has further expanded its reach. Just a week ago, the FDA approved a software that can diagnose diabetic retinopathy and therefore streamline the process by removing the need for consultation of an eye specialist. In China, the tech is being used to automate the most mundane tasks in the care process. According to Mosin Hijrati, CEO of Cluster One, AI will affect every industry. Considering he has a master's and PhD in computer science and has worked on AI projects like Alphabets Waymo, I'm inclined to believe him.
1: I think the AI's first uh, philosophy is, uh, is about understanding uh, how AI is going to change the way business is going to work and life is going to change. And if, if people believe in that, if people believe that it's gonna disrupt everything about our lives, then you're gonna start building companies, uh, uh, organizations and, and products completely differently. Uh, it's, you know, imagine you had electricity or, uh, you didn't have electricity. So we are building, uh, everything completely differently. All of our processes, all of our, you know, tools have changed because of that. And that's the same for, for AI. So if AI first is about changing, uh, you know, making AI the core of, uh, every organization so that, uh, so that you can, uh, scale, uh, the applications of AI and, and scale the benefits of it within your organization. Otherwise, it's going to be extremely hard for, for, uh, for companies and organizations to compete, uh, in that in that race um, we are talking about smaller startups you know taking over big companies because they're just better at adopting ai i think that's the that's the ai first philosophy people have to change and, and make uh, ai the core of their, their organizations
0: because of the rapid progress of ai tech many have been left confused or unsure about what ai is and how it will impact them Mohsen can help us answer that first question and defines machine learning in the process.
1: So AI is pretty much any program that does something intelligently. So I remember when I was a kid, I was writing programs that, you know, multiply things or, you know, ask questions. And that's, that's an AI. Uh, and, and now you can see more advanced examples. But you play computer games, uh, you know, uh, there's something intelligently happening inside the game. That's AI in general. So pretty much any computer program is uh, artificial intelligence because it does something intelligently. And machine learning is when you have data and you use data to do something intelligently. So we, when you use data to do something better than without that data. For instance, you can use data to, uh, you know, build models that predict future or you know classify things or cluster things. Um, so, those are, you know, machinery applications. So, machinery is a subset of AI that, uh, that refers to, you know, programs that, that use data to do intelligent stuff.
0: So, AI and machine learning have a similar relationship to rectangles and squares. A square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Just like machine learning is AI, but AI is not necessarily machine learning. Something Mosin touched on that is interesting and important to note is AI is not a new technology. It's been around for decades. The term was actually coined way back in 1956. But AI has been growing fast. According to the AI Index, a group at Stanford that researches trends in AI, the number of active US startups developing AI systems has increased 14 times since 2000, and VC investment in AI startups has increased six times during the same period. Similar growth patterns appear in conference attendance, course enrollment, and academic papers being published. The AI index report, which I'll link in the description, also details the improvements made to AI, like drops in error rate for image labeling and increased accuracy in speech recognition. A different report from Accenture about AI and healthcare sums up the distinction between the new age AI and existing systems well. Quote, unlike legacy technologies that are only algorithms or tools that complement a human, health AI today can truly augment human activity taking over tasks that range from medical imaging to risk analysis to diagnosing health conditions, end quote. And this level of ability is coming to every industry.
1: Uh, It's hard to imagine any specific industry that's not going to be revolutionized. So pretty much anywhere that you have data or you're producing data, you're going to be able to use that data to do things better. And many times you can do things radically different and much better. So that it's going to be a big disruption. So I think it's going to be every single industry out there that's going to change. Uh, but but as I mentioned, I I am really really uh, interested in life science because I think um, uh, the impact that AI can have on life science is is really big. It's it's already one of the you know the the single largest you know uh, segment in every economy. Um, there's a ton of data produced uh, in life science, you know, healthcare, pharma, diagnostics, genomics, every, every aspect of it. And there's a, uh, there's a ton of uh, things that can be improved. I, I, I don't think it's a single industry, I think every, every industry will be, will be affected.
0: Like Mosin said, any industry with a wealth of data is a prime opportunity for application of AI. So let's do a little exercise and vastly oversimplify that to get the point across. If we think in terms of healthcare, we can think about data points from electronic medical records, which include a patient's entire health history, or wearables, which provide day-to-day measurements on biometrics like heart rate, or we can think about genetic testing, which tells us if we have genetic markers for a certain disease. The potential of AI in healthcare is being able to throw all those data points at a computer and for it to outpoint a treatment plan that is both decipherable and useful. That's obviously the ideal, and though technologically it might be feasible to get there, we're far from the ability to do that with the current set of data.
1: We know that there is a lot of data out there, but the the quantity of the data, uh, while the quantity is high, the quality is not that high. So so we have been collecting a lot of data, but we didn't know uh, how we want to use it. So we have not been collecting it the right way. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges, you know, moving forward, as as people start to realize, uh, you know, this data has to be used for AI and machine learning. Then they will start, you know, collecting data in a more thoughtful way and collect better quality data. And that's number one.
0: With no central database for patients, some companies in the AI diagnosis arena have turned their focus from obtaining info from the doctor to getting that information from the patient. Recently profiled in Wired, Ada Health does just this, with a conversational AI leading patients through a questionnaire and then connecting them with a doctor via video on completion. Compatibility and collection of data is one of the bigger challenges to adopting AI in healthcare. Mosin identifies a lack of reproducible research and the overwhelming amount of players as two others.
1: So you will see a lot of work out there from academia uh, you know, or industry and these are all exciting stuff, but they can't be adopted in the real world because these are still you know uh, not following the the rigorous procedures that are required to you know build you know uh, products that go out and in the field. so you it, it's one of the, the other challenges, you know figuring out uh how to uh, you know take research from uh, ideas to to production. And that's I think is, is one of the big gaps that, that exists today. I haven't seen any uh peer reviewed publication using a machinery technique in life science. It's it's very hard right now and, and that's something that everybody is starting to talk about. Since this is a very new thing, you you need to educate a a large number of players. And especially in the uh, in the healthcare and life science, you have so many different players. It's not like, you know, Robotics, or you know, uh, self-driving car, where you're going to be talking to one or two uh, main players in that ecosystem. In in healthcare, you have to you know talk to providers, insurance, uh, patients, doctors, pharmacists, and everyone to to bring them on board and educate them how to use this new technology. And I think that's one of the major challenges uh, as we are trying to you know uh, drive more adoption for AI.
0: The point Mosin makes about players is important, and it is something that has come up on this podcast time and time again. You cannot design a solution to a problem without constant input and review by the stakeholder, or in this case, the provider.
1: Yeah, I think Andrew Ink has a very nice quote. Uh, he says AI is the new electricity, and I think everybody should really uh, try to understand the depth of how AI can impact the different uh, areas, right? So providers should really uh, understand the opportunities that AI can uh, bring, uh, like electricity. You know, uh, uh, it will bring a lot of new types of tools. It will uh, enable different procedures, uh, methods. Uh, it will increase efficiency uh, radically. It can change the the value proposition deeply. So uh, it will it will really change the way people uh, work. And providers need to focus on something. You know different than AI uh, is going to help them. So, uh, you know, a dumb example, you may not need someone to hold candles in a surgery room anymore, but you will need a lot more people to do more advanced stuff. So, you know, with, with AI, it's going to be the same. It may eliminate some of the jobs, but those jobs, uh, uh, but but it will enable a lot more jobs that, that you know, increase the value uh, significantly. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing that, people should realize and uh try to go and you know uh embrace this uh new uh technology fully. And I think uh and I really think that that AI will create more jobs and eliminates. And that's one of the areas, you know, you can think about how uh more intelligent software can help my business or my company uh or lab uh to do uh, more stuff and if I have this technology, well, how can I reinvest the money I gain from uh, that efficiency um, into bringing talent at the you know more things? So so that's uh, that's one of the areas. And then uh, I think uh, people who are AI practitioners should also focus on problems. So I see a lot of uh, researchers focus on you know uh, technology and idea, but not trying to understand the problems that are out there. And I think that's that's very important. It's very important for them to focus on the problems and understand the, the problems. So, sometimes these are so obvious and, and so uh, simple that we uh, we don't see them. Um, I think uh, that's that's one. Then also important to understand the limitations of uh, the AI systems and and make sure that it's clearly communicated to the to the end users a lot of times, you know we uh i see that people want to publish papers or you know get into um the uh, the media uh and, and you know it, it's natural to over over promise the capabilities of of ai systems and um i think that's very important to to make sure the capabilities the limitations are clearly communicated with the end users so that uh, it can be actually adopted and not considered as a you know uh, as a research idea.
0: Despite these challenges, Milson remains optimistic about the future of AI in life sciences and beyond.
1: Uh, it's very exciting to see uh, you know more and more uh, uh, people uh, and organizations are starting to. Uh, to think about this, and I think uh, it's a very exciting time. I'm, uh, I'm personally very uh, uh, very eager to see the, the future and applications of uh, machine learning in life science.
0: Make sure to check back for the next episode, as we'll be continuing on the topic of AI in healthcare and speak to some people developing the technology. Thank you for listening to On Call with AngelMD. Visit us at angelmd.co for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at AngelMD underscore Inc. We're on Facebook at backslash Inc, And you can find us on LinkedIn as well. I'm also on Twitter at S-M-A-C-H-A 1995. As On Call is fairly new, we'd love to hear from you. Tweet us with the hashtag AngelMDOnCall and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us again.